Business surfing, gaming, and stream privately with no slowing you down. SpiderVPN.org. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the agreement and I'm on the show here on Newcastle Fans TV. I hope you've been enjoying our weekly podcasts. Um, hopefully, it keeps you entertained as we hopefully come towards the end of lockdown three. Hopefully, this is the last ever lockdown we ever have to do. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, with me and Sam are here, we've just been talking about how we're looking forward to doing a lot of things. And one of those things is an idea recommended by our next guest. And our guest is Alex Boys from the Newcastle United Amputee team. And he has a fantastic idea that, well, it was between yourself and Alex, wasn't it, Sam, about arranging some sort of game? Yeah, um, as you'll come to hear in the forthcoming show. Um, first of all, I'd like to say what an absolute pleasure it was having Alex on. Um, I learned so much. I mean, he, he, he fun fact, he got in touch with us, which is amazing. And um, it, it just shows another arm of the foundation. Um, that's not an amputee pun either. I could see your face there, Johnny. What? No you're pulling a face. You're pulling a face at me now. Um, I thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I digress. Yeah, it's another fantastic thing that the foundation do. It was just brilliant, and they're, they're, they're successful. Newcastle United have a successful team, and Alex, Alex is a Scottish international. Obviously, we'll go into that. But um, yeah, the idea we had was well, Alex mentioned that. Um, the sponsors of the team come down once a year and have a game, and they like strap their legs together or some, or they go on crutches, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was going on crutches. Yeah, and they play each other. Amputee football seven aside, so I said, right, Newcastle fans TV versus NUFC amputees, let's do it. So, fingers crossed, we can make that happen this summer. Uh, that would be fantastic. And again, we'd like to thank the foundation. For all the hard work that they do, um, obviously we've had Becky Langley and Brooke Cochran over the uh, last few months. Steve Harrell, Steve Harrell, the main man. Another, obviously, some fantastic work that they all do. So we do like a place our thanks uh, for their hard work, and it's it's great. Uh, it's just a bit of positivity, isn't it, Sam? Because you know we might have our let's say our talking points in regards to the first team, but it's nice to see a team united. Yeah, absolutely. And this is what I love about these kind of... Obviously, we've had huge, huge guests on this show before, like um, Alan Shearer. You, um, I mean, that, that that's obviously the pinnacle. But then you have like these kind of... I, mean, I don't mean it disrespectfully, but in comparison to Alan Shearer, like the, the lesser-known people that you get to to learn about and and kind of be educated by and... They turn out to be like little gems, and th this is one of them. Because, yeah, but, but until Alex got in touch, so I, di I didn't, I wasn't even aware that we had an amputee team, and now I want to go watch them and and throw our support behind them, and which I uh, urge us all to do as as well uh, that we did with the women and everything, everything Newcastle United. Newcastle United, man, that's what we love to hear on this podcast, don't we? And uh, big thanks to our sponsors, Beer52, beer52.com forward slash NFTB for eight pounds of any beer IPA stout or lager for five pounds 95. That is just the price of package and postage, which is just fantastic news. So make sure you get on that. It's beer52.com 
forward slash NFTV. Um, we talked all things Newcastle United towards the end and with three games to go and with fans being able to come for the Sheffield United game, there definitely seems to be a more positive end to this to, towards this season, Sam. And it's great to see fans back in stadiums uh, sooner rather than later. So when this goes out, you'll be going to St. James's Park tomorrow. Tomorrow. I mean, why? I mean, that's a brilliant reaction to do on an audio podcast when no one can see you. Um, yes! There you go. Get in! <laughs> so yeah, ha, ha, you tell me, how do you feel about being one of the lucky 10,000? Oh, well, I, I think it's for, it's for the true supporters of the football club, you know, who... Um, oh, was this when you said you'd try and get me your, uh, your plus one and failed to do so? Right, I did try my best. No, you didn't. Don't I even, did. How did you try your best? What did you do? I asked for two tickets and I got one in the ballot. Did you really ask for two tickets in the ballot? Yes. Okay. So, are you going to say, thank you very much, Johnny, for trying your best? Or are no. you going to just go... Because you failed. I didn't fail. I didn't win a ballot, I'm not going to say thank you for failing, am I? Thank you for trying. If Newcastle got relegated, would you say thank you to Steve Bruce? There's a lot of things I'd say to Steve Bruce, but thank you, I don't think would be one of the things. But exactly. we'll, uh, we'll, leave that, we'll leave that one for another day. What we should talk about and what we should end this introduction is is that we should talk about is Alex Boyce and his fantastic work. So without further ado, this is the Greenwood and Roller Show and it is with Alex Boyce. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Greenwood and Roller Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. I'm alongside myself, Jonathan Greenwood, and my co-host, Mr. Sam Mulmer, we have a man who has represented Newcastle and most recently Scotland, we've just been talking about uh, behind the scenes of the, new, of the uh, amputee team uh, for Newcastle United. And Alex, boys, it's, Alex, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Nice, nice um, to be the both of us on, yes. Yes. And Alex, for people that might not know a lot about what you do, what do you do in terms of the amputee team? How have you got involved and how long have you been involved? All right, so um, I got involved originally through my physician, um, Ian Durham, who's actually international as well. He plays for Ireland and he's Newcastle's captain. Um, and I went in and I put a bit of I put a bit of weight on at the time. I um, I joined the band as well and I was talking about it to him. And I said, I do all this physical stuff and my gut just won't come off. Um, and he was like, well, how about doing this? I mean, I'm 44 now. I think I was either 40 or 41 when I had this conversation. And he went, and I was like, I haven't kicked the ball for years. I can't do that. And he was like, no, come along and give it, give it a go. So he talked us into it. I went along. Um, first session, very difficult. I was about 10, 15 minutes. And I, to be honest, on the crutches, I was just swinging my leg and seeing how much power I could get in the ball. I was probably embarrassing enough, to be honest, on my first session. But um, but that's what my brain was doing. Um, and at the end of it, they'd had a few 40-odd-year-olds come before, and most of them had given up because it, it is quite intense. It's just the same as a normal training session. Um, but uh, second one, I think I did a bit better. And uh, I think because of my height and, and my width, to put me upside, up, up front because in amputee football, it's seven aside. With no, right. it's no offside, and you play like either 
formations are normally like three, two, one, or two, three, one. Um, and uh, you play, well, I, I play as a target, and I'm basically bringing the wingers in, who would probably be the faster players or, or the midfielder that they come in. Um, and then probably more likely to score than me. But um, but I'm basically working as a target. Yeah. That is, that is um, I mean, I purposely, as I said to you before, Alex, I didn't do a lot of research for this because I wanted, because I'm so keen for you to educate me. And many others will be watching this having, didn't even know Newcastle United have an amputee team. Uh, exactly, exactly. Um, so, exactly. But, but what, what I want to know is about your kind of personal journey, which you've touched upon there. Um, mm -hmm. did, did you want to play football from a young age or was it something? Oh, yeah, that I, was, I always had a ball. I ran yeah, around with a ball the whole time. That's what I wanted to do um, all the time. Now, my I'm not technically an amputee. I was born with the bottom half of my leg at the top. So I have like um, a missing hip joint, that my knee, then my shin, then my foot. And I had to make my leg a certain weight, so it was quite heavy. So I was a lot slower when I was running on it, but I still managed to have a go on um, the B teams at school and things, um, things like that. I didn't do too bad, um, you know, always with a ball. My mum and dad sort of were pleased I was doing it, but were kind of trying to push me away from it because they were like, we can't do that all the time and that wasn't really amputee football back then I mean there was in the world but there wasn't really anything around here you know when you when you touch about legacy Sam's touching about your, your potential journey how similar <laughs> is your journey to other people that you've been connected with in football and what do you try to do to galvanize other players in your, in your team Alex um just work with them you know everyone's different we've got um so we've got people that are born with a disability like me. We've got people that have had leukemia. We've got people that are ex-army. Um, so everyone comes from a different background. It's really encouraging. There's a lot of banter. Everyone, you know, will encourage you to get through a training session if you're feeling like it's, you're struggling a bit, you know. Um, but, yeah, the, the team does work together really well. I mean, we have our youngest team member, if you're on the on the um First team, if you can play from 16. So I'm 44 and the youngest player 16. And everybody kind of gets on. I think that's quite quite good. I mean, people play right up to up to 60 in this sport. It's a bit weird. It's not like normal football where you kind of done at about 35, you know. <laughs> that's good though, isn't it? Because it kind of creates a, a kind of unique atmosphere in sport that you, you can't always get in football, as you say. Um, so the amputee team, that does, am I right in saying, come under the banner of the, the foundation, the Newcastle United Foundation? It, it does, yeah. Um, so Robbie Welch is our main coach and he works full-time with the foundation. Um, so um, he comes in and does that. Um, we have Andrew Simpson, who I believe volunteers, as well, but they have um, the power chair football, frame football, walking football, and blind football as, as well as us. I mean, I think there's a massive respect to have for those people to do to do that. That's an that's an awful lot of football and an awful lot of different types of things to to cover. You know, you talk about Robbie in particular. Um, mm -hmm. When he first started, because I think mm -hmm. everyone, if you, if you're not a football player. Probably the next best thing is to be a coach or to still be involved yeah. with the team that you support. So, when he yeah. first came in, Alex, did he immediately assess it as well? It's just going to be normal football, 
you'd say, obviously, the only slight difference is seven aside, not 11 aside. Did he just take it all on board and he was really, really actually easy with you? He just did, he didn't like make it different in any way. No, no, he, he didn't make it different, but um, he was already there when I, when I got there, to be fair. He, um, I know that in the past, you know, he's very quick with two feet. Um, and I know that some of us have said to him before, well, we, we, we can't do that. You know, we're, we're doing it with one foot. And some of the things we're doing just as well, as well as people with two feet. But come on. And I know that him and Andy have tied their legs up and played so that they know what what's happening to us when we play rather than, you know, rather than just be like, well, I can do this. Why can't you do it? You know, that they have done it as well. So, yeah. Oh, that that makes me think we should have a game against each other with the NFTV lads all uh, got one leg tied. So that, that I think that would be a kind of unique experience. That would be great. Absolutely. Be great to have okay. be great to have you down. A few of my friends have said they're interested. Obviously, during COVID and stuff, we haven't been able to do it, but there is a few of my friends have said that, and would, that would be great. I mean, it gives us a run out, regardless of whether we win or not. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like it, it doesn't matter. It gives us a run out. You know, I mean, there's a spon- the sponsors, Owen Mitchell, and they come down and play every every year or so, and they if they're on their legs, you're only allowed three touches. You know, and <laughs> they'll batter us. But it doesn't matter because it's just a physical workout for us, you know. Mm. I was going to say, Sam, when was the last time you had a, phys- a physical workout that involved football or something? <laughs> uh, 2004. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. I know that when they first got the team together, or, or well, they didn't have the team together, um, Chris McKitten, who, um, who still plays for us now, I think he's about 20. And he had leukemia and again was at the um, at the limb centre and he was like, there must be somebody to have a team for. And there was just him and I think one of their went to a train session and then when they went to tournaments, they were put in teams. They were put in teams like West Brom or whoever had a, a team and they would play for them before we got enough players here. So, so it, it, what I kind of want to know is, how does like a typical season work in the amputee league? Like, how many teams are in the league? What to, I mean, is it is there a is there a time where derby happening? What I want to know. Everything. Unfortunately, not. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. So the first season I was in, we had eight teams, and okay. all eight teams worked the same. Um, seven aside, you're allowed two people who can play on the leg. They're only allowed three touches, but they can play on the leg. Um, and there was the eight teams. So there was us, Brighton, Arsenal, West Brom, Manchester City, Everton. I'm missing somebody. Portsmouth. I'm definitely missing somebody. Peterborough. And ourselves. And it was 20. Sorry, one. So Man City don't aren't the same as like the Man City in the <laughs> Premier League now. They're, they're not well, sweeping across the nation buying the most skilled amputees the world has to offer. Well, they do have... They do have Jamie Trugaskis, who's probably in the top five amputee footballers in the world. You can look him up on YouTube. He's putting the balls on his crutches and he's flipping over and doing all sorts. And he's a fantastic player. So, yes, they have got <laughs> they have got some players like that. Um, you know, he can turn people inside out on, on his day. He was at the actual Manchester City Academy before. Oh, really? Before he lost his leg as well, you know. So, I mean, some of these people would have been professional footballers. So, you've got a big scope of 
of people as well. You know, um, one of my first games we played eight games that were no, yeah, eight games that were ten because it's normally twenty minutes each way. But they'll have like cups where you play ten minutes each game, and that was my first experience. We were a couple of short, and I had to play up front for the eighty minutes, which after not doing a lot, nearly killed me. <laughs> but it was it was a good experience. But um, one of the Everton lads who who was probably going to be a professional footballer took a shot near the end. And it hit me right in the throat. <laughs> and it hit me right in the throat. But it was the last second and we got a 1-1 draw because of it. I'm lying down at the side of the pitch. Aina comes across, says, says, Arch, well done for blocking it, Alex. You're all right. I went, I says, get up, we've got a match in a minute. And that was that. Was that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good fun. Um, Sam's briefly touched about the foundation um, and obviously the amount of work that the foundation we've done with a number of different um, teams and we've obviously we've had likes of Betty Langley on and Brooke Cochran in terms of the women's team. How important mm-hmm. is the foundation for everything in regards to Newcastle United, Alex? Because we, Massive. The, the foundation is so passionate about mm-hmm. a variety of different things and I think if you have a team united, it's in the name, isn't it, Newcastle United? If you have a foundation united and a team united, it helps a long way, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, we've seen them doing the food banks. I mean, the, for, for our team, and I'm sure the other ones, I think um, Becky, um, or the other girl that come on, said, you know, the, the, the hit sessions, the Zoom sessions, kept people going during lockdown. Um, you know, they're excellent. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we've got a good relationship with the foundation and they're, they're worth their weight in gold. Um Absolutely. I, I was reading a piece on the foundation website actually, and it alerted me that I know we said about Man City dominating earlier, but <laughs> your lads aren't too shabby themselves, are you? We're, 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 we're Newcastle are quite good, aren't we? We are quite good. Yeah, we got um, so the league got divided in two, and half of them went and they play on crutches only. We have a couple of people that can't do that, so we came into the other league where. We still have two people on on their legs. And um, so we won the pre-season cup. We beat West Brom 4-0 and Brighton 2-0. Um, so what they tend to do, or we tend to do, is we play Chris Sadler up front, um, who plays on his leg. He's very fast. And, and he'll get a lot of goals for us. Excellent. My job tends to be to come on and kind of hold the play up and give him a break, to be honest. But <laughs> that's, that's fine if that's my job. Well, that's don't what I'll do come yourself on and do, a you know? disservice. You're a Scotland international man. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But, you know, that's just the way the game works. It, it, with Scotland, um, when we go across and that doubles up as Parlick Thistle, that's all on crutches because international football is all on crutches. And we play in a five-side league in Ireland. I mean, it can sometimes get a bit confusing because... Um, some weekends they'll be played on the Saturday and Newcastle on the Sunday, and it's now centralised. We were going to the likes of Man City Academy and Everton and West Brom, but the new way they're in the middle. I think it's like Stafford, and they go right the way in the middle of the country. So sometimes I've got to go to Glasgow, go across to Dublin, come back to Glasgow, come back down here, have about six hours sleep, go down to Birmingham, play when I'm needed on there, and then and then come back and then go to work on the Monday. <laughs> so that's. Wow. Uh, that's a bit tiring when that happens. But you'd rather be busy, Alex, wouldn't you? You'd rather be Oh, busy, definitely. definitely. With all I'd rather have a couple of hours extra sleep before a play, though, because uh, <laughs> you would still get it on the bus. 
But we have Tommy and he never shuts up, so, you know. <laughs> it's lovely, lad, but he never shuts up. <laughs> you, you talk about your role, Alex, in terms of, you know, coming on and, you know, letting Chris have a break, basically. So would you say you're, like, the Dwight Gale of the... NUS something like that. Something like that. Maybe... Something like that. Maybe the way we play, more, more than Andy Carroll to try and, try and bring yeah. people in, you know, because he's more trying to get through late running-wise, you know, isn't he? So, yeah. Well, you come on for 30 seconds like and an appearance fee as well. Sorry? You come on for 30 oh, seconds come on. and an appearance fee. I didn't mean when he was doing that recently. I meant when he was playing better. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. um, Alex, let's talk about your international stage. and How proud are you to represent Scotland? Because you, you were saying your dad, someone that is not, is not, with, uh, not here right now and obviously passed away. Um, how proud do you think he would have been? That you represent in Scotland, absolutely over the moon. It would have been, and I, and I am, you know, like um, keeps us with him wherever I, wherever I go. Um, proud to still be involved in Scotland that way. Our family thing was to um, was dry stone walls, and we did that on the on the border, and to keep some heritage in in Scotland, even if even if the family doesn't go back in the future. I think just to you know, if it comes up. If your relatives played for a certain country, why is that? It keeps the kids and grandkids talking. Why has that been going on? I think that's I think that's a good thing, you know. Can you remember the first time you were called up? You got the call for to say that you've been selected to play for Scotland. Well, funnily enough, it was the day I got my only goal I've got for Newcastle so far, which was against Brighton. And um, so Kevin Kelly's the manager for Scotland, but his dad, Kevin Pique. Oh, he's KP, you think the one's PK. Um was was going round. And um Lee, we've got three that play for Scotland, same kind of situation in the Newcastle team. Um and Lee Gregory, who, who plays at the back for us, brings him across and says, Oh, Alex is is interested in playing and been watching us as well. And uh, he says, So what's your relationship with Scotland? I went, me, me dad <laughs> he was like and he was like all right great and then they invited me up and I did quite well when I went up um and then um I got invited to play against England in the 23s after that um which was which was a you know one of the biggest things that's happened to me in my life but we didn't have a good day result wise but it didn't matter it didn't matter what is the when you, when you when you take on an England team, for example, um, what are the levels like in terms of play, playing for Newcastle against a Brighton, well, West Brom, or Manchester City, and then an international level? Is, is the is the gap quite big, or is it minimal? What would you say, Alex? The the gap for Scotland because it's it hasn't been going as as long. It is is quite a lot, um, unfortunately, and also we've only played against you on the twenty three side. You know, um, we need some more matches, but. That was strange because in amputee football, you're allowed to sub on whoever you want. And they had about three lots of teams and, and we had six and a borrowed player. So it didn't really go well. It was about a squad of, squad of 12 now, but their levels that had Jamie Trugaskis, who was still under 23 at that time, and Reese Ramsden, and they're two of the top footballers in the world. So I stood at the top as an out ball, really just watching it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I got a header in the first minute. Um, and Thomas Atkinson, who plays in goal for Newcastle now, um, he's a young lad, he has full second and then one on, but he's a fantastic keeper. Um, so I took the header, I was on the grass, I looked over, I think that's got to go, I've gone in the corner. I look up and, and he saved it. So, And I think that was about the only chance we had. 
Well, that, that very, much like, very much like a Newcastle striker of late, then, isn't it? Well, he's on target. There you go. One for the stat man, at least. Um, I'm quite interested exactly. to know, Alex, um, because I've been desperate because I'm, I'm based in the Midlands. I've been desperate to, to come up. Obviously, Johnny's going to the game on uh, next Wednesday at Sheffield United. I'm desperate to come up uh, to watch the women play as well. Are spectators yeah. allowed for the MPT team too? Um, where where do you are. play your home games? Well, like I said, at the minute it's centralised. But if we can get a home game, we will do that. Um, and we'll always put it on Facebook and say, well, there, it, it's free to come and watch us. Funnily enough, you said to the, um, the women, it'd be great to have you on after a men's match. And I'm thinking, it might be great to have the MT team on after the women's match. Yeah. Or something <laughs> like that, you know. Um, and it's not gender specific. You know, if any females um, want, to, want to come along and try it, they can. Um, we do have a, a girl that played for, for Scotland. Um, she hasn't been about for a while, but it's not gender specific at all. Um, but also we're playing at the Keepmode Stadium. I'm amazingly oh. at work that day, so I can't um, go, but it's for the oh. ABF charity, um, for the Soldiers charity, um, and we're on first against West Brom at 2.45 on May the 22nd. So that'll be like an exhibition match for the amputee team, so hopefully some people can can see us that day. Um, but if we get something closer to home, I'll let you guys know, or, who, or whoever. Um, we have had We have played at the training ground against Everton and West Brom, in the first season, because that's when everyone went to the academies, and that was, in my opinion, better. But um, it, it's just the way they've divided it up, unfortunately. It's 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 actually quite interesting the way you, you talk about the passion you talk about for Newcastle and your team, um, Alex. Because it's quite right. Why can't we not play at St James afterwards? You know, you can make it into like a seven-a-side pitch very easily um, after the game. Yeah. You, know, you see it like even like at half time, like back in the day where. They let like junior kids play in like seven aside and five aside, let them have a play about on the pitch. So it's definitely something I think the club should look into when um, when everything is safe to do so. But you talk Absolutely. about the fact that you talk about the fact that it's not gender specific. That must be one of the only sports that I can think of that you that allows male and female um, participants, which I think is quite unique and actually a really really good thing that you could actually attract you know young and older players. I think that would really work very, very well, especially in the North East, because the North East is so passionate about football at the best of times, Alex. Yeah, quite welcome. They want to come along. Funnily enough, one of my best friend's partner, she goes running all over the place and I've asked her if she wants to come and have a go and she's thinking about it. So we might have one coming along, but like they're all welcome, you know. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, they're not going easy on anyone, but I know it's sports. No, definitely not. Definitely not. No, you can't go easy. That you know, this is a competitive sport. We're, we're here to win trophies. Exactly. Arguably, arguably the most successful Newcastle United side we've got at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, and unfortunately, as well, with everything getting cut short, we would have probably got the league, but we played. Um, so the four and our our lot is Brighton, Arsenal, and West Brom. We'd Arsenal had no games left. We were level on points with them, but they had their goal difference was better. We had West Brom and Brighton to play who, with the greatest respect, we, we normally beat or we probably would have got a draw with one of them, which is all we needed. And then obviously COVID struck and that was that. Was that. But it's a shame they didn't do the, the per game thing because we would have got that as well. 
I think I think that's a disgrace. That whoever decided that, I think it's an absolute disgrace. But then, oh, we all do. <laughs> Everyone was going mad. <laughs> that trophy could have sat alongside the Intertoto Cup plaque. Exactly. Scott Parker. Exactly. Had. Well, even yeah, the preseason cup, you know, when Arsenal had won it the season before, Arsenal had had um, their amputee team go around the their ground with the trophy. You know. I think that's something. I think, I think that's. I think that's got to be quite an appeal, though, Alex. I think if you, if the amputee team can do well, we've seen with former Newcastle, like just Newcastle sportsmen in general, that have been able to parade certain trophies around the ground, particularly before a game or at half time. You'd like to think one day, if Newcastle amputee team do pick up a trophy, you know, it, I think any trophy would do at the minute, especially at St James. We don't get many of them, um, so mm-hmm. to be able to. Parade it around St James. It must be a dream for you, Alex. Absolutely, absolutely. Same as scoring. When I, um, and I got me one goal against Brighton. Um, we have um, Chris McKitten, like I said, and he's like only is he twenty? I think he'd be nineteen at the time. And we hadn't scored. We got a lot of nil nils at the time. Um, and I scored. I hadn't even hit the back of the net, and he's got a hold of us. Hey. And I'm like, whoa! I didn't even see the ball at the back of the net. <laughs> so sorry, Ian. And it's just great to see that passion, you know. Too right. Yeah, I mean, celebration. Yeah, but the thing is, there's not many people that can say they've scored for Newcastle United. Exactly. And you, and you know, you've done it, Alex. Exactly. You can't take it away from it. It's when when you see all these things and they're like, "Oh, this player scored at 38 or whatever," and I'm like, "Well, I scored at 41." So, <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what is your ultimate dream for the amputee team, and what is your and obviously that's more of a team specific goal. But what's your own personal goal as well? Well, for me, um, and, and doing some media like this and different things, for me, you know, like it's actually a professional sport in Turkey, I think it is, and they have it on the telly and stuff like that. And, it's, and for young ones coming through, wouldn't that be great for an ambition that could play for Newcastle or whichever team it is? And, you know, that could, that could ultimately be their job, you know? That would be fantastic. But just getting it seen and even up to the women's level, having crowds there, you know, loads of people will tell me, oh, it's amazing what I've seen on the telly, but no one ever comes and sees it, you know, so, which is a shame because I think they would be very surprised and enjoyed if they did come along. I, th- I think it can take a lot of heart from like, I mean, 20 years ago, no one would kind of watch the Paralympics or, or you know, but look how huge it is now and the ratings exactly. that get is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So I think there's plenty of room to grow. It just needs the yeah. time and they'd love this. Sorry, no, they'd no, love this on, in the Paralympics as well. Yes, but I think they've tried a few times, and I don't know whether it's because they've got enough football or whatever. But it never seems to get in, unfortunately. But they're still trying to. That I know that's one of the bigger goals for like other aspects of it as well. Yeah, fantastic. It's 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 honestly fantastic what you're doing because I think I think you should all be very very proud of what you're doing because especially in very tough times, you not that you get your head down. You've really you just you've got on with what you want to do, and what you want to achieve, and the fact that you've been able to you know go back and play. I think it's absolutely fantastic, Alex. And we wish we'll wish you all the very best at Newcastle Fans TV for that. We're going to touch a little bit about the first team. Um, and it's nice. It'd be nice to get a perspective, like a football footballing perspective, of what we've seen mm-hmm. so far this season. With three games to go, Newcastle are safe. They've just come off a, a four-two win against Leicester. Could you believe that Newcastle were four up at the King Power on Friday night at one point? I couldn't. I watched it. Um, 
very pleased with that performance. But we've got a few of our um, faster players back. And if you've got ball carriers to carry the ball forward, that's better as well. I don't know if Leicester would maybe keep their foot out because they've got an FA Cup coming a little bit. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. We're up now, so that, that's fine. So I don't know whether it was a bit of both, but we certainly looked a little bit um, more cohesive, definitely. What are your kind of early memories growing up watching Newcastle United, Alex? Have you got a, a first game you went to or, or what's your kind of earliest memory or a, or a player that you latched onto when you were younger? Uh, I think I think Beardsley was was good to watch. Um, you know, um, good balls through and goals and things. I'm just trying to think. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. Waddle obviously was was good. Mm. I'm old, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Um, well, there's some fantastic what? players from that team, though, wasn't there? As you say, Beardsley, Waddle, oh, was around that day. Yeah, obviously the entertainers will make a superb team. You know. Jenner and, and, and what have you. I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, but I'm trying to think. First game. Oh no, I can't. I didn't go for a long time because I was brought up kind of in Afton, which is a little village away, <laughs> away from the ground. So you think you, you might as well be in space. You know? <laughs> so. I was I was going to say Peter Beardsley. I'll we'll have to touch by him. But he's actually my dad's favourite player. He said the skill and the fact that he could just get you off the edge of your seat. Because he had that little trick that everybody knew it was coming, but no defender could stop, him. stop him. It was amazing. Exactly. My dad was always funny about him. He was like, um, he was like, yeah, he's fantastic. He can do everything, but he can be lazy now and again. That was just my dad. Yeah. Wow. Probably. I mean, that is a, that is a hard taskmaster when you call him Beardsley lazy. Well. <laughs> Exactly. Well, it might. To be fair, I mean that may not have been when he was at Newcastle. I'm going back a long time. He might have been. He might have said this is when he was at Liverpool, and been like, I think if he was at Newcastle, he didn't do that so much, if I remember rightly. But I can't remember exactly. When you look at the current team, Alex, who excites you the most when you watch Newcastle? Well, it's got to be some maximum, hasn't it? And Callum Wilson, those type of players, you know, players with speed and what have you. Uh, do you think them pair are the difference between relegation and staying up this season? Absolutely. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what the results would have been if they hadn't been injured so long. You know, I mean, Almiron is another one. Um, you know, I think he works so hard, doesn't always get the credit. Oh, and I think he's an excellent player. Yes, but I think sometimes his brain's maybe ahead of some of the others, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a problem. But you need good players around good players, don't you, Alex? You, if you have one player that's just not, like, say, two levels behind, your, your team's <laughs> going to suffer in the end. Yeah, I mean, it's just like if, if you do one-two with someone and you think you're going to put someone in and they're still standing, standing where they've passed the ball to you, you're the one that looks stupid, but it's because they haven't read what you're doing, you know? What do you make of um, the new kind of star that we've kind of uncovered and he's not even our own player, Joe Willock. Would you be oh, fantastic. banging the doors down to sign him. him on a permanent? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, look at all the, the goals he's come in and got. Um, you know, they've basically been the difference, haven't they? And he seems like he really wants to be here. You know, he's not just I'm on loan, I'm taking the money, what have you. He just seemed, he seems to want to be here and, he's, and he seems to like love what he's doing. So, I'd say, yeah, if we can get him, definitely. I think it would cost maybe 20, 25 million quid, wouldn't it? 
Good players are worth it, aren't they? But, um, yeah, it's going right, isn't it, these days? Exactly. When you look at the manager, Alex, Steve Bruce, um, obviously it's been difficult for him, but he has managed to turn the tide around a little bit since the Brighton game. It's only from that Brighton game onwards, it's only also that the club have been, been beaten. And you know, we, we are safe and we had some big wins against West Ham, Burnley, good points against Liverpool, Spurs, and also that win against Leicester on Friday night. Do you think that Steve Bruce should be given a little bit more time to turn things properly around maybe at the start of next maybe. season? Maybe. I think I think the thing he maybe needs is a little bit more in the squad because if you have two or three players out, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be struggling. You should have a little bit of depth there. You know, I think that's the that would make a difference if you got good players when players are missing that would still do a similar job and, and, and do well for you. Yeah, Possibly. I think squad squad depth is uh, something we've been missing for a long time. I think you're spot on there, Alex. Um, where where do you think we kind of need to strengthen the most? Um, I always think you need a good centre back. Maybe like, um, you know, I mean, they went and put Lejeune on um, on loan for a season. It's kind of your best centre back. Makes Don't get sense. me started about that. <laughs> That's a very very sore subject. Yeah, and then. Yeah, we've got Callum Wilson, but the other strikers are they, are, they, are they good enough? There, you probably need one other that's either a good file for him or can can do the job, you know, and put yeah, as many goals in or a few in as well. Well, he scored twelve goals a season. I think if he stays injury free, I think you're looking mm-hmm. maybe somewhere between seventeen to twenty. In my in my opinion, definitely, he is getting chances every game out, doesn't he? Uh, he is, and he is, and that's that's because of his speed. If you put in like another person that gets maybe ten to twelve, like he's got, if they're not injured, then you know. I mean, if we hadn't pick up the points, the goal difference is shocking. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know you're a um, I know you're a Scottish international, but if you were Gareth mm-hmm. Southgate, would you be taking Callum Wilson to the Euros? Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Yeah. What would, would no, you? Rainer. No brain. Yeah. Go. Absolutely. Maybe not to start him, but definitely, definitely there. Mm. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Alex, we've got three games left this season. We've got the very easy game of Manchester City on Friday night. You know, they've won the League Cup. They've just won the league yesterday. They're in the Champions League <laughs> final. Um, so they've got no confidence going at this game, obviously. Um, can Newcastle? <laughs> well, get... they might rest everybody, and they might no one might tackle, so we might be all right. I don't know. Uh, I think, I think, I think, even with their third string team, I think they might have half a chance of there. Uh, I know two or three. Yeah. Do, you, do you give them any chance whatsoever on Friday night? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I'll still watch it and hope like everybody else, but nah, I can't see it. Nah. Have you got a prediction for what? the Man City game? Um, three nil to them, or three one. Three one. You sound like Sam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He wanted a real. That's the thing, though. I mean, they've obviously the league's confirmed for them now. Let's let's hope they've been uh, necking champagne and continue to do so for the next few exactly. nights. Exactly. Beat them seven nil. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How how good finally, Alex? Is it to see? fans being able to go back into the ground from Wednesday. That, They're going to be able to see against Sheffield United, which would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'll be brilliant because obviously a bit of a lack of atmosphere. I know when I'm watching the game at home um, and, you know, like Sky have the one with the crowd noise and the one without it. And if it's the one without it, 
and my last comes in just she doesn't watch that much football, but she'll come in and she'll be like, put the other one on, she can't stand it. And I'm sure a lot of people are the same. It's just like, oh, it's so eerie and, and weird, <laughs> you know. I mean, even for us, we might have a few of the other teams on the side of the pitch or, um, you know, the odd, the odd person there, like not a lot, but we might have the odd person there. And it, it, anyone just makes it a little bit better, you know. You just yeah. want somebody there with a striking distance of a Matt Ritchie corner flag kick, and then you know that you're <laughs> back to normal. So, <laughs> exactly. Alex, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the Agreement and Mulder show tonight, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure I can speak on behalf of everybody on Newcastle Fans TV. We wish you all the very best with the Newcastle United amputee team. We'll say that we kind of hope that you do well with Scotland, even though we would we, really like you to play for England, but we'll, we'll not talk about that too much. Great, great Britain, uh, if it does get well, in the Paralympics. Well, we were actually, the um, European Championships were supposed to happen, well, they are happening in September, but our Scotland team being a little bit small, not having enough um, training has pulled out. So I don't know what we'll be oh. doing instead. Um, I'm sure they're going to try and get us some games and things like that, but maybe some of the teams taking part, but... Um, that's a little bit good, but um, Ireland and England, as far as I know, are still going, so good luck to them. But um, but yeah, we're out. Well, Sam, we've had a great insight into everything NUSC MPT team, haven't we? Yeah, I've learned so much, and I'm chuffed a bit that uh, Alex, you got in touch and, and we've got you on because, um, as I say, we love supporting anything Newcastle United. Um, teams so yeah fantastic and um, yeah we've got to make this game happen I think the NUFC <laughs> amputee side against Newcastle fans TV I think that's got to happen Definitely. this summer stay in touch and we'll, we'll be more than happy to do that that would be fantastic Absolutely. and thank you for having me on um, and that's awesome so keep up the good work yourselves and thanks again no, thank you very much, Alex. That's very, very kind words. If you can subscribe to the Green and Show on Newcastle Fans TV, it's available on all podca- uh, podcast outlets, including uh, Spotify and iTunes. And if you can leave a review, if you can leave a five-star review, that would be fantastic. And if there's any guests that you want us to try and get on, me and Sam will try our very best to do, it, to do so in the near future. But for myself, Sam Mulner, and the Newcastle United amputee team player, Alex Boyles, let's try to get Alex Boyles. Let's try to try and get it all out in one word. Without that's a, that's a very long mouthful for an ending line, isn't it? It is. <laughs> yes, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to say thank you very much, Alex, and we'll see you all very, very soon. <laughs> no, well, thanks again.